Do you enjoy playing relaxing puzzle games on your phone? I do. It's even better when they're free and you can collect prizes along the way. Welcome to Two Dots. I have been playing Two Dots to relax my mind, unwind, and there's something very methodical about it. The premise of the game is you connect dots horizontally, vertically, but never diagonally. And you head from level to level. And as I mentioned, you do collect points along the way if you are into that. More than 5,000 puzzles to keep you engaged and relaxed after a very long day. Uniquely designed challenges challenges, game modes, and levels to choose from based on what adventure you are into. And by the way, you can download it for free right now on your Android phone or iOS. I also like the color template of this game. It's very, it's giving me very like pastel-y vibes. So yeah, I think you're going to enjoy it too. If you are ready to kick back and unwind, download Two Dots for free on Android and iOS and start connecting. Summer is almost here. Don't you want to go to the beach with thicker, gorgeous, beautiful locks and everyone goes, hey, I love your hair. And you go, Nutrafol, baby. (laughs) You know, something along that lines. Well, take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering my listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and you enter the promo code TSFS. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. I recommend it. I've been taking Nutrafol for years. It's how I got my hair back thicker and not falling out in chunks after I had KJ. Now it's your turn. Nutrafol has been on with me for years, and that's because you all continue to buy, and it really works. I love it. Now it's your turn to love it too. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com with the promo code T-S-F-S. That's Nutrafol.com with the promo code T-S-F-S. I'm very excited about today's guest. Lauren LaGrasso is a songwriter. She's probably best known, though, for being a big-time podcast producer. So she's going to give the whole list, but I'll just drop some. She's produced Goop Podcast. Yes, that Goop. I mean, I want to know, like, you know, how many jade eggs have been in her vagina. Uh, Lauren Conrad's A Yoga Girl Podcast, so many others. So she's really well-knowledged in podcasting. And also, she's has her own show, which is called Unleash Your Inner Creative. And really, today, we're going to talk about why being creative is so important. If you are struggling, and I know so many people right now are struggling because people are losing their jobs, where a lot of people are going to be thinking about new career paths. Um, And also, we're inundated with social media. We're inundated with like, find your niche, be an expert in this. And I've always rejected, as many of you who follow me probably know, the idea of niche. (laughs) So, Lauren has this awesome take on a niche, what it means, and why you shouldn't get pigeonholed into just being good at one thing. On top of that, she's a singer-songwriter, and she's got some great music that we're going to feature. So I love her. She ended up finding me from Taylor Strucker's show. So shout out to my girl, Taylor Strucker. And she was inspired by my story of leaving Hot 99.5. So we also talk about overcoming fear in the workplace and fear in life. So she is on right now. I want to thank two of our sponsors, including Barry Harley Photography, BarryHarley.com. You can go and see him. He is a top architectural photographer. If you have a business that you are trying to promote, whether it's your nail salon or if it's your auto 
repair shop, whatever it is, you need great photographs that look amazing for your website. So Barry Harley, B-A-R-R-Y-H-R-L-E-Y.com is the website. Check out Barry. He is a a Marriott approved, nominated and award winning architectural photographer. And he's worked with some very great and high end clients. Also, Joe Pacetto, our investment guy, AJ just went to him actually. Our girl, Andrea Lopez. She'll be back on the show very soon. Andrea Lopez is now the newest client of Joe Pacetto. You should become one too. JP2management.com. When you do, you get a free year subscription to my Patreon, which offers commercial free uh, programming, unique and in, in additional bonus podcasts, bonus videos. Also, uh, you get discount and first dibs on merch and a lot more. So JP2management.com. Go and check out Joe Pacetto and tell Joe that we sent you. He's a financial advisor and if like you've got $500 to invest, you know, 5,000, I always say it. Joe has 20 years of experience and is working with people who are ready to invest and plan for their future at all price points. JP2management.com. Here's my girl, Lauren. Okay. Lauren Lagrazo is here. Did I say it right? Did I say it Pretty right? Much. And you're like really leaning into the also, which I kind of like. So maybe I'll take that on. But it's really Lauren Lagrasso. Right. I mean, if we're going to be really exact, it's lo grasso. Lo grasso. You're Italian. We're not, we're not sitting here trying to pretend like we're in Italy. <laughs> you're an Italian from oh. from Michigan. And were you born yes. and raised in Gross Point? Is that, that's where you grew I up? I was. Yeah, I was uh. born and raised in Gross Point. Went to school at Michigan State. You, were, represent- you went to Michigan State? Oh, my God. My husband. Well, your he's, husband? He's like a little more senior than you are. So, like, he's- Tell him, go green, go white, baby. <laughs> go green, go white. Uh, yeah, my husband was a five-year MSU. I mean, it was hard for him to leave. Like, he loves him some Michigan State. I mean, we... Everyone in my family went there. My mom, my dad. We are, yes. Okay. Michigan State trifecta. We love it. And, you know, fuck University of Michigan, really. Oh, fuck Screw them. Yeah, we... <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, Lauren, I am so honored that you're here for multiple reasons. This interview is going to be so fun because I know so many people listening are going to be inspired by your career path. And then you and I really have bonded because I feel like we're living parallel lives and we are blazing our own trail in the media world. Absolutely. So for people True. who you have a, a, an incredible like your whole story and your background is amazing. You're a fellow podcaster. So um, Unleash Your Inner Creative is the name of your podcast, yes? That is right. Unleash Your Inner Creative with Lauren Lagrasso. Come unleash, baby. Come unleash. And Lauren, what do you talk about on your show? Like, what is the premise? So the little tagline is to help people make creativity the filter for their life, redefine their relationship with fear by taking it out of the driver's seat, step more fully into the essence of who they are and claim their right to have a dream and take up space. What it's really about is self-development, finding tools to enhance your creativity. And it's a mental health show too, at the end of the day. I started it because I believe repressed creativity is the cause of so much of the world's suffering. And I wanted to help people not have to do that anymore. And also because I believe, uh, well, and I know there's a statistic out there that in 50 years, 80% of all jobs will require creativity. So it's not just this like fluffy spiritual thing. It's also this really necessary, tangible life skill we need, especially in COVID. Wow. And you and I were talking because we've both worked uh, corporate jobs where they don't seem to want creativity. And no. I know. They like to iron out all the joy. <laughs> How can 
we soul suck you? And because I was saying to you, you know, and one of the ways that Lauren found me, and and I'm so grateful, is um, Taylor Strucker, who has the Taylor Strucker show. She, you had actually heard me on that show, and then we ended up having this mutual friend who kind of connected us. And on top of hosting your own podcast, you've actually produced some really heavy hitters their shows, including Brene Brown's podcast. Yeah, she's amazing. I was going to say, how unbelievable must it have been to work with Brene? It was everything you could ever dream of and more. She's exactly who you think she is. She would, sometimes when I would record her, leave these little voice notes just for me, being like, hey, Triple L, that's what she called me because my middle name's Louise. She's like, I'm going to record this for you. Miss you. Hope you're well. So it was just so special. And she's just such a wonderful human being and taught me so much about life and Wow, what an amazing host, too. Like, this was her first time hosting, and she knocked it out of the park. She's such a natural, and I would have had all I could do not to go to her with all of my mental health issues. Like, my, like, you know, like, I bit my tongue for sure. <laughs> you know, like being brave and everything. I'd be like, okay, you know, I'm not feeling very brave today. What are your three t- Like, can you bring me out of this? So I give you credit that you remain professional because I could never do that. I could never work with huge name celebrities and then not fawn all over them and then ask them for all their advice. I've been really lucky because the people that I work with, like I I liked them and they were kind of in the zeitgeist and people I knew, but I became fans of them as I was working with and on their show. Um, so I am very lucky in that. Like if Fran Drescher, if I were to produce her Fran Drescher, <gasps> I would fully collapse and not be mentally okay. If anyone from the office, I had to produce their show, I would, I would have like a, a panic attack. I don't know. The one time I met Oscar from the office when I was working at my old job as like an assistant at an acting agency, I said to him, hi, I know you. <laughs> what did you say? He goes, oh, hi. I go, I love your work. And he goes, thanks. I go, Bye. And then I walked in the opposite direction, even though I was supposed to get in the elevator. So uh, definitely don't have the best track record when it comes to people I'm like already obsessed with. But I've been so lucky to work with such amazing people. And they're all great people and down to earth and wonderful. Oh, and on top of Bernays, let's go through the list because we're going to talk okay. about a couple of things. We're going to talk about, um, you know, niche is, is mm-hmm. do you need a niche in life as we are going towards a more creative society? Uh, we're also going to talk about some of your podcasting tips, trip, uh, tips and tricks because you've produced some big ones. You're also um, even maybe considering branching out and doing some consulting work because you know how to make a successful ass podcast. And then your own yeah. story because you're you're an actress but a singer songwriter as well. You know you you live in Hollywood normally, but you're back in Detroit for a little bit through COVID. So. It's kind of like a triple fold interview, but you also produce, and I know a lot of people are going to want to hear about this, is the Goop podcast. Yes. How many jade eggs have you had to put in your vagina like to, to do that thing? <laughs> so far, no jade eggs. Uh, uh, yeah, I've, I've been jade egg free. <laughs> I've, I've learned so much about psychology, like uh, health, just like microdosing. I didn't know what that was before I worked with them. They, it's It's been a fascinating show and I've learned so, even religion. They have really interesting yeah. topics about religion on there. So did you awesome. watch the Goop documentary on Netflix? I the, did. The, yeah. Yeah. The different the vagina one was my favorite though. Oh my God. That woman that's like, and isn't that so true for women though? 
Like it just is. like getting comfortable in your own skin and like how many times we never look at our vaginas because people, you know, there's so much stigma around it in society that v- vaginas are ugly or do you have a nice looking one? And it's like, what an empowering thing to sit around nude and show your vagina to other women. A hundred percent. I mean, I, I actually said thank you to Gwyneth and Elise after that episode because I, I felt like it really released a lot of shame for me watching that. Yeah. Um, it was something I didn't even realize how much shame I felt around it. And actually, this past week, I taught my mom what a Volvo was. So I was very proud. She's, <laughs> I walked up to her. I go, what are you doing? She goes, I'm just Googling vulvas. <laughs> She had a screen just full of like a, a drawing and illustration of different looking vulvas. She's like, I'm finding out a lot of information. <laughs> she was into the vulvas. Yeah. It's so true. Women need to like know those things. So it must be really cool to produce. And what is microdosing? Is that just like micro, like we're supposed to have like a little bit of marijuana every day? Is that how it goes? Well, no. So it's it's something I learned about. Um, they, they use it as like a way for people to get to the bottom of their trauma. So either with ketamine or with medicinal mushrooms. Oh, they'll, yes. They'll like give you a small dose or sometimes a larger dose. And then with a psychologist or a psychiatrist, you go through your trauma and you're able to get to the bottom of things that it would take like literally 50 years of therapy for in just a couple hours through expanding your consciousness in this way. Yes, and I've heard that works very well for people like coming back from like the military, like a lot of military people with PTSD dealing with that, you know, that can be really effective. Okay, well, that's awesome. You get to do the Goop podcast. You've also produced Lauren Conrad's podcast. Um, there's She Rates Dogs, which is a relationship podcast. Who's that with, by the way? That sounds... That's with Michaela Oakland and Matt George. And it is so funny that... I was telling you before we started, I'm recently single after a seven-year-long relationship. So it's definitely made me feel less alone in my adventures into the dating apps and like trying to put myself out there again and... there's a lot (laughs) you're only like 23 right oh my god I love you for that but no I'm 31 (laughs) (laughs) why did I think in your people met people magazine just wrote an article about Lauren and her music which we're going to talk about in a little bit I wanted to say I thought thought they said you were 23 in the article but anyway okay I hope they did like I endorse that misprint let's keep it going yeah oh oh you know what I'm reading the article says that you started songwriting at 23 that's that is where, true okay that's where I and I thought oh my god she's 23 I was like wow you must have started dating this guy when you were like 16 okay yeah <laughs> like what okay so seven year long relationship and now yeah talk about I mean oh you are like rediscovering yourself all over Oh, honey, it's a rebirth in every sense of the word. Yeah, I so I broke up with him in October 2019. So like, uh, technically, it's been a year. Sure. But we ended up quarantining together at the beginning of this for a period of time. And then he ended up moving back to Minnesota. So it's been a journey. It was not a clean break. There was some back and forth. Um, but I think when I got to L.A. in September, because I had quarantined here in Michigan for a while as well. So I went back to L.A. and, and spent the fall there. And when I got back to L.A., I'm like, all right, I'm in it to win it. I'm going to get myself out there. I'm going to try to find love or something and <laughs> like do whatever I can to like find some sort of companionship during this time. So I really threw myself into the dating apps. That's been funny. My my kind of like MO on there is I say the weirdest thing I can think of to them. Like that's fun. Not like truly weird, creepy, like serial killer vibes. But like I say weird things like um, there was this one guy who was 33. And when you're 33, they call that your Jesus year. Okay. 
And so I like, and, and spirituality, that means like a year when you really come into yourself and like really step into your power. Um, it's also the year that Jesus was crucified. So like, it's when he like fulfilled his destiny. So basically like, that's what it means in the spiritual world, but it's not a well-known thing, but I'm like, I'm just going to reach out to him. See, I had well, no I idea. don't think David did either. <laughs> So I reached out to him and I said, hey, David, comma, 33, how's your Jesus year going? Oh, he didn't respond. But um, I really feel like he was the one. So we'll see. <laughs> okay. Um, fun fact. I never knew that. All right. Yeah. Well, being single, I'm telling you, I I sort of went through the same thing when I I dated a guy for, you know, like almost five years when I was in my early 20s and when I was on the morning radio show on the Kane show. And then I broke up with him when I was like 28, 29. And it was, yeah, I I mean, I just had such a spiritual awakening over the next like couple years before I met my now husband. It was, yeah. I think it's so important because when I was going into that relationship, and I'm sure you relate, I was also in my early 20s. I was 23. Yeah. And I was like, I just want a boyfriend. That was my criteria. Yes. And now it's so different. Um, And I'm really trying to make sure that I also am bringing a lot to the table. I don't want, I had a lot of codependent tendencies in the past. um, A lot of like, let me get in and fix this. I want to work on myself so that I'm a whole person and that I'm looking for a whole person. And then we can both come together and enhance each other rather than complete each other. Completely. So yes. That's yes. really, I'm learning to like myself. I'm learning to love myself. Um, I'm in the middle of, uh, as I told you, a little bit of a sexual revolution where I'm starting to, because I was raised Catholic, really redefine what sexuality means to me and, and what it means for me outside of my parents or the Catholic church or anyone else. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of material right now. Let's just say that. <laughs> it is it is so interesting. I was raised Catholic as well. And um but I, I you know I'm trying to think. You know, I think my mom got really disillusioned with the church with that kind of first mm. big round of all the um sexual abuse allegations. So we've almost been I call us cafeteria Catholics for probably yeah. the past like 10 plus. You know, we go like on Easter, we go on Christmas. So you know, we, we usually go like maybe once a month, but we've really gotten away from adopting like, you know, we might do Lent, but you know, we're never we're not hardcore anymore you know right and you know it is amazing how religion fucks you up when it comes to sex like it's just they make it so taboo they make it like you shouldn't be having sex outside of like marriage and I'm always like I wish I'd had so much more sex because soon you're gonna be married and yes sex with your husband is great or your wife or partner or whatever but you know there is something to building a monogamous relationship and then I'm like god I should have been out fucking more people I know. I keep saying that. Like, I keep saying, like, I'm an aspiring slut, but it's not working. Um, it's really hard during the pandemic, though. Yeah. It's really hard, girl. You know what I mean? I you also can't... don't think it's for me in reality, but, like, I wanted to try it on for size. And, um, yeah, I think, like, I I enjoy exploring these, like, things more within the confines of, like, some sort of partnership, even if it's not a relationship, like, something where it's, like, safe and, like, yeah. But it is interesting. I have that same thought. I'm like, I really don't think I fucked enough. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You're like, yeah. I gotta go out and like date other people. And I like to getting to the point. I liked getting to the point when I was single of like having kind of emotionless sex, which I'm sure is like <laughs> is against every religion. How do you do that? How do you do it? Um, because, you know, I had a girlfriend one time say to me, because I spent so much time after I after I broke up with this guy, um, this older guy that I had dated, and he was divorced with kids. He was really a fun person, but 
just at a totally different place in his life yeah. than me at, you know, 27. Um, but I had a girl, like I, I would go out with these guys and like they would ghost me or they, I wouldn't hear back or they would totally fuck with me. Like, you know, on a Friday night, like, what are you up to? And then you wouldn't hear from them till like two hours. And then they'd be like, let's meet up. And then it'd be like, and you'd be like, okay, well I'm here like down, you know, on K street in DC, where are you? And then like nothing for like an hour and a half, like, Hey, um, yeah, I might be at, Anyway, I played so many games and I finally had a friend to say to me, she's like, the guy that you're meant to with, to be with will always text you back. So yeah. like you stop putting all this, like if he, you know, should I text back within an hour? Like I, I dated another guy, you know, I always would wait like two hours to make him think that I was busy. And when Dan and I got together, there was never any, like, we just always text each other back immediately, like then we'd be busy doing work and it'd be like, hey, you know, I got to do this work project. And there was just this ease to it. And, I, and yeah. so I think when I started getting to the point and, and you know, the other thing she told me too, she, she was great with relationships. She would always say to me, like, I would always be like, I'm not going to have sex with somebody on the first day or I'm not going to do a one night stand. I'm so above that. And she'd always say to me, it doesn't matter if you have sex with them two hours after you meet them or five dates. Like if it's, not, if they're going to leave you or if it's not going to work out, they're going to leave you after the five week period that you made them wait for sex. And she was yeah. right. Like she, she was, was so right. right about that. I used to make she up all right. these sex rules. I'd all be like, okay, these rules. like I would try to like do like sex geometry. Like if he sees my boob, then I can't let him see my butt. And like, I, it, it was psychotic. And actually psychotic. my boyfriend, I did learn that lesson because we slept together like on the third date and we're together for seven years. So, so did Dan and me. Yeah, exactly. It was like, matter. it doesn't matter. So I think when I got rid of the rules and mm -hmm. I just like started like texting people and, and I would say what I meant. Like that was the other thing. Like she's like, if you're playing games, they're going to eat people sense that. And you and I were talking about authenticity, like how much right. people she's like, they're going to know that too. And they're playing games. Like just put it out there. Hey, you want to get together? If they don't, respond in two days or uh, two hours or whatever, then you be the, you're in control. You make up your mind. Do you still want to see this person or no? And so yes. I just got to the, and that's kind of how then I started approaching sex too, was like, th just because I have sex with them doesn't mean like I have to have this emotional, deep connectedness. It was like, eh, I had sex with like a guy, like I've got <laughs> this guy that I used to work with, like his friend who was a complete meathead. I don't, but I was just like, I had random sex. Awesome. And I never spoke to him again. And then I always, you know, I tell people that I had sex with this because, you know, obviously we're in D.C. I had sex with this like um, hardcore Republican guy who had a major huge penis and like uh, he was like great sex. Um, but I think he was also a lobbyist for the NRA at one point. So it was like so many things going on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes that can be thrilling, but you have to really remind yourself to not like them. Uh, but it's really hard. But I, I, like it turned out it wasn't. And then he actually like I never like we had sex once. And then he never, I never contacted. So I was like, it's never going to work out, you know? No, so and then smart. he contacted me a couple weeks later and he was like, I just, I, I want to know what happened. Like what happened? He was so thrown. And I'm like, men get thrown too, you know, just. Oh, everyone does. We're all human. That's what I'm human. learning. We're all human. And I think that this is such a great lesson to like circle back to our careers as well. Like we do have a lot more power than we give ourselves. Yes. Like, we are able to like walk out of situations to decide that someone doesn't get to talk to you like that. And I think so often, whether it's in dating or career or any friendships, we give our power away and we assume we have to just accept how we're treated when really we can step up to the plate and say, this is how I communicate. This is how you're going to treat me or else this relationship is over. 
Yes. And once I learned that I had all the power in these relationships, like in these situations, and even if he never got back to me, it was a total mind fuck for them and for me. You know, yeah. and, and it's I think that's the same way in your career. When you realize your worth, it you know, there are going to be contracts and things that don't work out, but you're confident, you know, it's going to pop for you somewhere else in your own abilities. And it's like it's a mind fuck for the them, too. Totally. They don't know what to do with you. They're like, oh, we thought we were dealing with this, but yeah. really is this. And for anyone who's just listening, I did jazz hands. <laughs> Because you know what, one of the things I loved this, you, you know, when you and I finally did connect, you said that one of the things that you liked hearing about, and I want to hear what your fears are. When I was on the Taylor Strucker show, I talked about leaving the Kane show and iHeartRadio after seven years. And, you know, I made hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. It was like this, you know, people were like, you're bananas for leaving this number one show, you know? And I'm like, no, I like, I'm never going to, it's never going to be the Kane and Sarah show. I'm never going to find my own voice. They treat me like shit here. Um, in fact, I was losing confidence. You talk about someone who had gone from being confident to having none because I worked with someone who was like the form of an abusive husband. Yeah. Um, so what resonated when you heard my story? What, what like is your fears when it comes to work? Well, I think, yeah, like just knowing that I have the ability to take care of myself, I think is the biggest thing. Like I was telling you, my dad's first generation Italian. And I think that the, even though my parents told me you could do whatever you want in life, it was coupled with be careful. We believe in you. You can do whatever you want. Be careful. And so I'm constantly battling between these, like this devil and angel on my shoulder. Of, I believe in myself. I can do whatever I want. I know I'm capable of all my dreams. And am I really? Oh, be careful. Right. And I think that that's the biggest thing. And I think it's just having confidence in the fact that like, I actually, I, I can show it later, but I have this picture of myself as a three-year-old in my little dance outfit. And I've known what I wanted since I was that age. I've known since I was just a little girl and, and I want to make sure that I'm honoring that little girl and carrying her with me and taking care of her. But I think it's when I give into that be careful mindset or that the mindset that has also been given to me throughout my career in certain areas of, I don't know if you really can do that. Should you do that? You shouldn't ask for that much. Just shut up and be quiet and let, let that be in the forefront. Um, I think it's, it's a mixture of those two things of feeling like I should shrink myself to make other people comfortable, be careful, and then battling with the deeper, truer self, the higher self that knows what I really am and what I've always been and what I'm capable of. Oh, and you've interviewed, I mean, you've interviewed a lot of people on your Unleash, you know, your creativity podcast, right? Yeah. You've also worked in Hollywood. You've worked with some big name people. What do you think, uh, what do you think the difference is between people that are super successful and then people that don't achieve their dreams? Like, do you think it comes down to luck or do you think it comes down to their, like, they don't have as much fear as maybe we all do? think there's an element of being in the right place at the right time, but that alone is not going to give you the longevity that you need to make it to that high of a level. I think it's really those people have a relentless vision for what their life could or should be, and they will not stop until they get there. And it's, it's that relentless vision, that tenacity to keep gum, coming back after they get knocked down. I mean, I've seen some of the most talented actors and singers I know be talented in their rooms because they're not going after it every single day in a way that is hungry enough to get to the other side of those barriers. Cause there's millions of barriers. 
oh in our God. way to get to where we want to go. How many and fucking it, barriers? I know. So it's, many. It's, I mean, I feel like I'm in freaking Les Mis behind the barricade, like just trying to yank it down and like sing one day more. By brick. I know. <laughs> um, and, and really, that's it. I think I think the biggest thing is, it, do you keep coming? Are you going to keep coming when you get knocked down? Yeah. Because if not, then you don't have the stomach that it takes to make it in the long haul. Oh, that's a great nugget because yeah, it's man, that fear holds so many people back. Cause I think, and, and it's funny that you said that I, from the time I was like seven or eight, I've always known I'm going to be a talk show host. Like I want a talk show on national TV. That's what I know I'm meant to do. Now the path there is, <laughs> I was just telling you, I just had like a meeting about pitch. I just pitched my talk show and I was really hoping that they would shoot a pilot for it like in January or February. Now they're like, we don't really want to shoot a pilot till maybe July or August. You know, it's really like dependent upon this vaccine because in Hollywood, they're having a hard time getting shows insured uh, because right. if somebody gets very sick from COVID. So you're like, okay, fuck, how many more? Like, I can't wait that long. <laughs> well, you know what, though? You're going to. <laughs> I hate to break it to you, but you're going to. I mean, one thing I will say is even though I do have really down moments and I haven't like taken the major leap that I know I have to and that I'm capable of yet, I did do this when I first moved to Hollywood and I think it's great. And I think you would say the same thing. My dad called me. He's like, well, how long do you think this is going to take? I mean, I've been there for six months, dad. Come on. Yep. I go, dad, I don't care. I don't care if it takes till I'm 80. I will literally never give up. Want your life back? Order Hungry Root. It's actually as simple as that. Truly, Hungry Root is the best meal kit service I have ever worked with because they have meals that take 12 minutes. Guys, if you are a busy mom like I am, KJ now just started swim lessons. And on the night that he has swim lessons, we're not home until six. I'm trying to make dinner, trying to get him rested and down for bedtime. When I see that number 12, and I know in 12 minutes I can have a healthy meal, I'm turned on. All right. <laughs> You will be too. Hungry Roots website, so easy to use as well. You just go, you can type in a type of cuisine or if you like chicken, or you can do preset where you tell them you're vegetarian, keto, or you're a meat lover. Right now, get 40% off. My listeners are getting 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash TSFS and get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash TSFS. Don't forget to use my link so they know who sent you and get 40% off right now and free veggies for life. How ironic. I love this. Got a new podcast for you to listen to. Yes, I do. It's the Dr. John Delaney Show. Schman and I were actually playing a clip from Dr. John's podcast because he was doing the topic of are youth travel sports ruining families? Well, Dr. John Delaney has over 20 years of sitting with families and dealing with hurting people and mental health issues. He has a PhD in counseling. Delaney walks alongside real people as they navigate tough decisions. And this is actually something that I really enjoy about his show. It's caller driven. I feel like I'm going to have to get a collar-driven show, Dr. John. I love this. Anyway, listen to the Dr. John Delaney Show wherever you get your podcast, or you can follow the link in the description of this podcast episode. I always make it very, very easy to find my sponsors and people that I partner with. So start downloading and listening today to the Dr. John Delaney Podcast. Enjoy. Do you hear that? That is the sound of the brand new and delicious You Natural Conception for Her in their juicy strawberry gummy flavored. 
oh my, this is now my favorite thing to take. It's a fertility aid. If you haven't heard about them, they are unbelievable with thousands of five-star reviews on Amazon. Go and read them for yourself. And they're famous for their conception for her and conception for him formula, which Schman, my hubby, has been taking for over a month because it takes two to tango. Conception for her fertility aid is well-researched, baby. They have ingredients like ashkawanda, zinc, magnesium that can help you on that journey to have a healthy baby. So what are you waiting for? Go and order now. You're going to love it, and I want to hear from you. Check out You Natural on Amazon and use code FRASER20 for 20% off Conception for Her, Conception for Him, and the Conception Bundle. That's EU Natural on Amazon, or follow the link on our website for 20% off Conception for Her, Conception for Him, and the Conception Bundle with the promo code Frasier 20. That's F-R-A-S-E-R. The number's two zero. 10 years ago, I lost 60 pounds mindful eating. And today I have kept the weight off. I never think about food. I never count calories. Honey, I don't even use one of those darn trackers or apps. I live with food freedom and I want that for you if you are ready and you want it. And that's where My Optimal Body comes into play. Visit MyOptimalBody.com to request an appointment and be sure to let them know that the Sarah Fraser Show sent you so you can qualify for a free personalized assessment plus a bonus free 30-day supply of their gut repair product when you sign up for a customized plan. That is myoptimalbody.com to request an appointment. Why I wanted to partner with Dr. Applin is because he is a doctor that gets to the cellular and gut reason of why you can't lose weight and keep it off. They also work with your mental capacity as well. So many of us are emotional eaters. They address that and their clients see long-term success. If you are ready to lose weight, keep it off, and you don't want to do crazy Ozempic, myoptimalbody.com and tell them the Sarah Fraser Show sent you. Hero Breads. Oh my gosh. Chef's kiss. Do you love carbs? I'm obsessed. Give me a croissant. Give me a tortilla, baby, every day, slathered with some hummus. Yes, please. And then a lot of veggies, a little turkey burger in it. Okay. Um, that's my own proprietary sandwich. Thanks. <laughs> Hero Breads right now offering 10% off. Go to hero.com. Co. Enter the promo code TSFS. You are getting 10% off. Now, Hero Bread is so delicious and flavorful, soft, fluffy. In fact, so fluffy that KJ loves it, slathered with butter and cinnamon every day. They're known for their products to have zero to one grams of net carbs, zero sugar, and high in fiber. So what are you waiting for? Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code TSFS at checkout. That's TSFS at H-E-R-O dot C-O. And it's true. I will either succeed or die trying. That's all. Oh, my God. I love that. And my mentor, Sammy Simpson, always says that. He's like, you're going to get it because when everyone else has quit, you're going to still be in the ring, you know? Yeah. And it's like, and I'm like, yeah, that's it. When people go, what's my strategy? Because over the years, people have seen me go from radio to TV. And I've, you know, Fox has given me the opportunity to try and be like a true crime report. I've done many different oh, things, cool. right? Yeah. And I'm like, people are like, what? Well, what's the story you've overcome? I'm like, I don't care. I'm fucking in the ring and I'm going to stay in the ring until I get what I want. So, yeah. you know, it's like that. I mean, Brene talks about it, but being in the arena, like, I really think it's, are you willing to keep getting back up knowing how it feels to fail? Yeah. But like knowing that this is, and this is another reason why I started my podcast and why I keep going after all these things with such hunger 
because I know that even if I fail, I at least took a chance on myself and I didn't abandon myself. I didn't fail myself. Now the world can do whatever they want with my content or who I am or what I put out there, but I can at least know that I don't have to abandon myself. Whereas if I don't do what I want to do, if I don't even try, I failed because I've abandoned myself. It's so freaking true. It's so true. I love that. I love that. Because, it is. Yeah. It's, I, I, and I need to listen to Bernays podcast more because I'm sure she talks so much more about getting in the ring and staying in there. Um, Cause that is one of the things I think for people that is so hard and, and you have a lot of outside influence. Our parents, you know, they're, I get it. They're worried like, cause, and people are so programmed to have that traditional thing, like get married, own a house, own a car, like, you know, get a 401k. All, and all those things are good to some degree, but they are not for everybody, you know? Right. And that yeah, doesn't and, define all success. And if you get them at different stages in life, yeah. that is still successful. I think that's the other thing, like something you were saying, it's one of my favorite quotes. It's by Edward Elby. And he says, sometimes you have to take a long way out of the way in order to come to the right place correctly. Yeah. Especially in this industry, especially when you're pursuing something that doesn't have a clear path. Sometimes you have to go like, like halfway around the globe before you can come to the place where you started, where your original intention was. And that's okay. And that's necessary because for me, like I always think back to when I was 22 and first pursuing acting, if I had gotten everything I wanted back then, first of all, I never would have written a song because I started writing music because acting was breaking my heart. Never would have hosted a show, never would have produced a show, never would have done public speaking. I would have let someone come and give me scripts and it would have been fun, but I would never have known these massive pieces of myself that would have actually been gaping holes in my heart because I would have just been so laser focused on that one thing. And so I think I needed to take a long way out of the way. And I mean, I, I did act in something last year that like won an award. So like I am coming back to it now, but sometimes we have to take that longer path. And when we do, the dreams we find on the way to our dreams are even more powerful than our original intention. And the lessons you learn and the experience, the whole thing. Yeah. Um, okay, I want to just wrap up because I, podcasting, because I, I want to talk about niche and then your songwriting, which is, yeah. is, is really cool. Um, but a lot of people started a podcast during the pandemic. Give me your thoughts on podcasting. What do you think? Are, do you think that like we're we have too many podcasts now? <laughs> I mean, you're like a top podcast producer. What do you think? Like, and you know, what do you think? I think a couple things. So I don't believe in people who are like it's a crowded space because this is my little two cents, my little inspirational take on it. Candles were invented in 500 BC by the Egyptians, and if candle companies can still come out and be multi-billion-dollar industries, I think you can make a fucking podcast and make it successful. So that's just my little piece. Like candles, if the candles are still working, you can have a successful podcast when there's lots of podcasts. That said, I do think it is harder. I do think, like we were talking about, it's easier to grow right now. If you are in a niche, you can grow more quickly. I can't speak to the longevity of that. Um, And I think if you are passionate about lots of things, do it. Just know it might take a little bit longer to find your footing and to find your path, but you'll get there. If you're in it for the long haul, like Sarah and I, you're going to get there. Just keep going. Um, I also think that podcasting is going to have some sort of revolution. I don't know exactly what it will be, but I think that there's something brewing right now where the mediums are going to start mixing in, like other audio mediums are going to come in with it. I think it needs to kind of like re-up and figure out what the next phase is. I'd love to be a part of that. I have some ideas. Um, But yeah, I, I think that 
yes, it's expanding. And yes, there's like way too much for any one human to take on. But that doesn't mean like that the person next door won't want to listen to your show. And then the person, I don't know what I'm really saying, but basically there's plenty of people who are listening. There's more listeners than ever, as well as more shows. So if you're interested, go for it. Just make sure you have the stomach because every single person I've ever produced comes into it. And like, they have huge teams and they're like big stars. And they're like, I had no idea how much work it is. So make sure that you're ready for the work that comes along with it and that you're really passionate and in it to win it. And we'll keep trying to evolve and grow. And I always tell people, if your motivation is to monetize, unless you are a well-known person within your industry or, you know, within greater society, that shouldn't be the goal, you know? And I actually had a guy at a podcast convention, he was speaking and he said, you know, I try to tell podcasters, don't look at your numbers for three years. And I'm like, what? And he's like, no, Dave Jenkins is his name. He's like, don't look at your numbers for three years. Like if you're truly in this because you believe in telling your story or the story of true crime or the story of, you know, building a brand, it's, not about your numbers, you know, it's about you figuring out, like, it's freaking hard to produce a show every single week. It's hard to book guests. It's hard to get good audio. It's hard to get, like, good lighting and record. You know, he's like, you got to get all that shit nailed down. And then, you know, you can bring in ads and advertisers and all that stuff. But, like, if that doesn't click, we're in trouble. You have to do it for your heart because that yeah. money, the the excitement of the money, I mean, if you're even making it that quickly, like that guy said, it's true. It's, it is hard to monetize without a prior existing audience that you're doing brand marriage yeah. with, but that money is gonna, uh, it's joy will wear off real quick because it is hard and it is a grind and it's a slog. And especially if you're doing it alone, it takes a lot. A lot. Um, talk to me about niche. We, you kind of said you started it. And, and one of the things I really bond with you about is I've really never had like, you know, I always think my brand is sort of like anything goes to entertain and inspire. I've always used that because I really am curious about so many things. And I feel like a little bit of my personality is anything goes like, you know, one time I'm in a bikini out there, like the next time I'm having like a guy on who's like, you know, counseling people not to be gay. Like, I mean, I'm just like, (laughs) he was really, he's he's not a conversion therapist. He's a sexual affirmation therapist. And he says that people only come to him that are unsure about their sexuality. But it's like the guy is booked with clients. Like people are going, whether you agree or disagree. I'm like, this this dude has a huge thriving business here in Northern Virginia. Like what? I think your brand is you'll talk to anybody. (laughs) No, really, because there's so many people who won't touch these kind of things with a 10 foot pole because they're so scared because of political correctness. And but the that is your brand. Like even the NRA guy that you like had, had a huge penis. Like, I feel like your brand is like genuine curiosity for every human being and allowing them to tell their stories in a way that is not judgmental, regardless of how you may feel personally. That's your brand. Well, and I am fascinated by that because the, the truth yeah. is, right, these these people that are outliers or, you know, I mean, like even, I mean, people will just like cringe. But I, you know, I have an odd fascination with Candace Owens. I want to have her on. I disagree with a lot of the shit she says. You know, this whole thing about her saying Trump has a chance. You know, it's over. It's over. It's over. It's over. You're not going to be president, you know. But to understand where that's what's missing from our society right now. We are not going to heal as a country, as a people, if all we keep doing is dehumanizing each other for how the other person thinks. And so I think that this curiosity and compassion piece that you have for everyone, it really seems that is what's really the most interesting about you to me. 
I loved, I mean, the sexual affirmation therapist I'm still friends with. I Because, you know, like, um, did you watch Happiest Season on Hulu? I was just talking about no. this on yesterday. Okay. Well, anyway, it's Kristen Stewart's on it. And, um, you know, she's a lesbian in it. But her partner has never come out to her family. Anyway, it, the whole mm. thing is, it's, it's worth watching. But, you know, sexuality is so difficult. And people struggle. And I have dear friends who are gay who will not come out to their parents in 2020 because they're yeah. terrified of their parents cutting them off, cutting them out. So it's like, I'm curious the people that go to him, you know, they're desperately seeking some answer, right? Um, and if he does truly help them in any way, and, you know, he alleges that some people come to him and they decide they are truly gay and then he helps them on that path. Others oh. struggle with their sexuality and then they decide they've they've been living a gay lifestyle and then they're not. I'm like, this dude is fascinating, but because people are so, you know, people want to shut his shit down like all the time, you know? So yeah, he, he has well, to be- it, it walks a very fine line between homophobia and helping somebody truly discover themselves because like, why couldn't they just be bisexual for a while? Like there's nothing wrong with that. Um, if, if they really are trying to figure it out. Right. But anyway, uh, I, I agree with you. You're a little bit of everything. And I think that like, to me, like if I was making the headline for your show, it's, it would be Sarah Frazier. She'll talk to anyone. <laughs> that might be my new tagline. <laughs> I say that to say, I, but I, this is what I love about you is you believe like you don't have to have this one niche. Tell me what you're in Hollywood. You're in the songwriting business. Why do you believe that that is an advantage? Because we are constantly bombarded with what's your niche. And if you don't have, yeah. one, and I hear from people all the time, I, I just don't get you. You've done so many things, you know? Okay, but sorry. First of all, like, they've all been in broadcasting, so I don't understand what's so difficult about it. Like, you have stayed in a field. Like, uh, you are multi-passionate creative, but you have, like, one particular field that you've stayed in. I believe in having lots of fields, too. Like, and I'm sure you will eventually as well. But, like... I think that we are not one thing. We're many things as human beings. And to try to uh, strip a piece of ourselves off because it's easier for other people to understand is to deny who you are. And so I consider myself a multi-passionate creative. I'm a singer-songwriter, producer, host, actor, public speaker, coach, consultant. And you're my kind of woman, it. lady. You're yeah. my kind of woman. <laughs> I love it. I actually, when I was telling you, whenever I work with someone, like whenever we hire someone new at the company or like I like mentor someone, I always ask them what their dream is because I think that we only get better when we have many different layers to ourselves. Also, like look at COVID right now. If you only do one thing, you're screwed. Because what if that one thing goes away as entertainers, as really is anyone we have to have multiple tools in our basket because sometimes one thing will wane a little bit and then the other thing picks up it's very important in order again for us to be financially viable to have multiple passions and multiple tools well and i love that and you know it's funny because there was one guy you know quibi obviously a lot of people are talking about quibi and today it shuts down the greatest success ever (laughs) can you imagine billions of dollars lost in quibi with like people that were very successful executive TV executives mm-hmm. gone away, right? Launched in March, dead. Okay. But there's one guy on there particular, I won't name him, but he he had this really hyper niche just about the Kardashians. And I, I just like never really got it. I never got it. And and you know, he had a show on Quibi, which obviously has ended. But I'm like, I, what's the longevity of that? Like, what is the longevity of it? You know, you have this niche and it, it you know, to your credit, it's gotten you, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers. It got you a show, you know, so maybe the guy's onto it. But I'm just like, are people going to watch this long term and it have feeling and have 
meaning? I think if you make a niche, like let's say that's your niche, I want you to have a plan for what you're going to do when that niche gets old. Like make it one step along the path of you becoming a multi-passionate creative. Because like we talked about, the niche path, if it's got a built-in audience, it's like basically like brand, like branding yourself with a big brand. It's got a built-in audience, so they're going to glob onto you more quickly than if you were just like being yourself because they already understand the thing you're talking about. So there is a merit to it. But what I would say is make your niche one of your multi-passions, have the other things still going on the side, and then just like niche it up and then be like, oh, and I also do this thing. Here's this little cherry. Oh, I also do this thing. Like here's the hot fudge. I guess we're in an ice cream sundae. But yeah, <laughs> I think I think it's really important to think long term, not just like, oh, I do this one thing and I'm just going to focus on this one thing and it's the only thing I'm going to do. Oh, Lauren, I love that. All right. One of one of the things that you're also multi-talented at is you're a singer songwriter. You started writing when you moved to Hollywood. You said that you actually started writing songs in your sleep. Was that right? Yes. So, I mean, the full story, it's kind of crazy. I don't think we have time for it now. I, I first figured out I was a songwriter the first time I got high, uh, which was back at Michigan State. <laughs> I, I didn't trace the lines until I got to L.A., but I got way too high and I sang every thought I had for two hours. And I kept saying, this is the real me. This is the real me. Had no idea what that meant. So I guess maybe that's like a, to take it all the way back around. Go microdosing, although I macrodosed in that case. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then... I moved to LA, uh, acting was breaking my heart. I was like super downtrodden. I started playing guitar for the first time. And all of a sudden, like as I was falling asleep in that little stage between awake and asleep, songs started coming to me. And I was like, what the hell? Like, I don't write music. But I started, I had a Blackberry at the time, started singing these songs into my Blackberry. Finally, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna put the the guitar with the, the songs that I'm singing while I fall asleep. I hear you, God, like, let's make this happen. And then music started flowing out of me. And within a year of writing my first song, I played House of Blues, The Viper Room, Hard Rock Cafe, all these big venues. Because I didn't have this like super, I was, uh, you talk about an abusive relationship with like your job. Acting was like an abusive relationship me, with me where I felt like if I did well, I was a good person. If I did bad, I was a bad person. And so music was just like this pure angelic new love. And um, it's the greatest honor I've ever known. And oh I love God. it. I want to play a little. This is um, one of your songs, Road to Glory, which is on yes. YouTube. And then I want you to tell people where they can find you and follow you. Hopefully, Before absolutely. Isn't paved, it isn't smooth. And you wrote this song. I did, yeah. Okay, what's about my journey in Hollywood? Oh, yes. The lyrics, are, yeah, I, I don't know, I can't hear it on my end, but. Uh, the lyrics are, I know the road before me isn't paved, it isn't smooth. I've got a light inside me, even though there's darkness too. And I've been knocked off my feet, but I'm still crawling on my knees. I won't let go on the road to glory. I won't sell my soul on the road to glory. On the road to glory. Clip. I just played a little clip from your YouTube. Where can where can people find your music? You're you're obviously on YouTube, but um, yes. Where else? Please follow me on Spotify. I'm Lauren Lagrasso on Spotify, uh, Apple Music, basically anywhere you get music, Amazon Music, all the places. It's on YouTube, but it would really mean the most to me if you could follow me on Spotify. I'm trying to build up my listenership okay. there, and then also listen to my podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever good podcasts are found. Where are you on Instagram too? I always like following people on social. Oh yes, I'm at Lauren Lagrasso on all social platforms. I just I'm trying to build out TikTok. It's very confusing to me. I feel like I'm in outer space and I 
get scared, but um, I'm trying to do that. We all do. We really do. <laughs> TikTok's a whole other element. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Lauren Lagrasso, you are such a treat. I am so happy to now know you. You guys follow her. You've been so inspiring on this interview today, and I feel like so many nuggets that people can take away. I can't wait to see you soon. Hopefully in LA. We'll be both there. That would be amazing. I'm just so inspired by you and thank you for all that you do and for how honest you are and for really like blazing the trail for the rest of us to be brave. Adore you and so grateful for you. Love you too. All right, everybody, be sure to follow Lauren.